They're not your friends. You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. You got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Take the running backs to the stands. Run up in the stands and slap their mama. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. It is showtime, baby. Here we go. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, Pitches it, it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's got 40, something. 50, He's got 40, it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10, He's got it. The doctor is now in. Hour number two coming your way here on this uh, terrible Tuesday edition. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank with you. Don't forget Friday, back at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Come on out, enjoy the show. A lot of college football we'll be discussing, breaking it all down for you. We've got college football Thursday, Friday, Saturday. College football week one. Not week zero. Last week was week zero. That seemed weird, everyone talking about week zero. Week one. Come yeah, in. I was thinking it was like, what, there's a, is, is there, is it college football with zero calories or something yeah. like that? What exactly is week zero? And, yeah, it means, and, it means and, nothing, and, I guess. And now right. week one means, okay, now college football is going to take over the landscape because preseason football or Exhibition is some people like to call it. Mm-hmm. The NFL doesn't like you to call it that, but uh, that is over now. So, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see college football back and doing all their stuff. And a big game right off the bat, too, you know, number two against number five. Yeah. You know, because there's been a lot of talk about, you know, that somewhere down the road we might lose some of these big games and things like that. But, you know, Clemson, Georgia, a, a good one, a, a little bit bigger, just a little bit bigger than Illinois, Nebraska last week. Yeah. <laughs> Clemson, Georgia. They're going to be battling. Looking forward to that game on, on Saturday at, at 5 o'clock. So, yeah, we'll be previewing that and all the other games coming your way Saturday at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. All right, again, uh, NFL cut-down day today. Uh, rosters, we'll keep an eye on that, uh, specifically the Raiders as well, too, to see uh, they've already released some players. Uh, we'll dive into that here this hour as well, too. But the big news, New England releases Cam Newton. Mac Jones is the starter. And uh, Bill Belichick uh, named Cam Newton the starter two weeks ago. But again, as we know, he missed a few days uh, of of training camp for going to take care of some other medical needs. Did the vaccination come into play? No question it did because Cam Newton was not. And again, I applaud the New England Patriots getting rid of Cam Newton, getting rid of any type of drama when you know that Mac Jones is your future. You drafted him 15th overall. Yes, say goodbye to Cam Newton. And uh, will Cam Newton land somewhere else? Only time will tell. But uh, if I'm setting a, an odds board right now, will Cam Newton be on an opening day roster coming up you know, a week from Sunday, or actually you know, a week from Thursday, because uh, you know, that is the, the official opener with the, with the Buccaneers in action. I say, no, he's not on a roster. I'd probably say you know, minus 200 to, to the no. Well, I definitely say no on Thursday. I don't think he's going to be on the uh, backup for Tom Brady. Although, wouldn't that be interesting? I mean, on anybody's roster. No, no, I, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, just saying it yeah. tongue in cheek in that right. because uh, you know Brady down in uh, from New England down to uh, Tampa Bay. I don't think they're looking to add Cam Newton to that mix as well. Plus, what a weird backup that would be for Tom Brady. Well, yeah, that, that's <laughs> that, that's not happening. Yeah, I definitely did not mean that. So. <laughs> All right, speaking of Tom Brady, speaking of the world champion Buccaneers, our guy T.J. Reeves on the spot, on the scene, been at training camp, and uh, he will be in Raymond James Stadium coming up a week from Thursday night as the Buccaneers will open up the 2021 NFL season. T.J. Reeves, what is happening, my friend? Always good to be with my brothers out in Las Vegas on a terrible Tuesday, a show that does embody what you just played there at the beginning, that it will run up into the sands and slap their mother if necessary to get it to get the attention to uh to get it all straight if that is the case so yeah we've been watching all these cuts going every which direction uh, the buccaneers didn't have any dramatic names per se off the super bowl champs but definitely the cam newton thing's a big topic here because 
the Bucks playing the New England Patriots in week four. We were wondering if Mac Jones would be the quarterback by week four. Now we're wondering, will he still be upright in, in week four for that huge Sunday night game when Brady returns to New England for the one and only time that he's going to play against the Patriots in New England. So it's it's all good, my friend, all good. So let's talk, uh, get your opinion on the Cam Newton thing, because we've been pretty vocal about it, some pretty strong opinions here. Uh, what do you think? New England, uh, right move, wrong move? It depends on who you talk to. I mean, just even as, as of yesterday, you know, we're talking to people, and they're going, oh, we believe Cam Newton will be the starter. Possibly it's going to be Mac Jones. Well, now we know what the deal is with that, that it is Mac Jones as a starter, and Cam Newton is unemployed. Your thoughts, T.J. Reeves? First thing that I thought when I heard it is this is a message being sent inside that locker room for whatever he did, as you alluded to. The second thing is it saves them $3.5 million to not have to pay him. And you really wonder, because this is what Belichick is up to, is some of this that they're waiting to see if he clears waivers, which he will because nobody else is going to give him that $3.5 million over the next couple of days. Do they perhaps bring him back dare i say that they bring him back at a lesser price which is also very new england or or is this a fractured relationship for good here because i'm with you bill belichick stood there last week saying that that uh, cam newton's going to start the final preseason game which he did by the way against the new york giants so what is truly going on everybody would like to know and i guess the actions will speak louder than words And I just wonder, Frank, you were mentioning the game next Thursday. Would Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys go to the discount bin for Cam Newton, the former Heisman winner, the former Super Bowl-appearing quarterback with the Carolina Panthers? Would they go grab him to maybe be the backup for Dak Prescott if Dak Prescott's shoulder is no good? I just wonder aloud. That's a Jerry Jones-type thing, isn't it, uh, Dr.? On a terrible Tuesday? We actually talked about it last hour. If there is a, a, a landing spot that made a little bit of sense, it's, it's possibly Dallas. Because I think, because of Jerry Jones, he, he likes to take those gambles. But I think it would be just as much of a nightmare as it was in New England. Because you've got Dak Prescott. I mean, he's your guy. You got rid of Tony Romo for Dak Prescott. He's your future. He's injured. You, and Jerry Jones loves Dak Prescott, even though he's never gotten the job done You know, deep into the playoffs. So I think that would be a little weird, and you are bringing that circus drama atmosphere back to Dallas again. And uh, I, I, just, I just don't see why anybody would want to bring this guy in camp unless he can really help your football team, and he can be the starter. I can't see bringing that guy in to be a backup anywhere. I don't care if it's Jacksonville. I don't care if it's Dallas. I don't care if it's Green Bay or whatever. You do not want to have that guy on your roster just with the would have, could have, should haves, and you know, showing up like a George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic, like he does on game days, <laughs> and dealing with the brooding, dealing with you know he's not vaccinated, and that's a big thing as well too. You know, add this vaccination thing of him not being vaccinated, why are you going to bring that into your locker room when NFL teams are trying to say, hey, we want 100% of our team vaccinated? Right, and there are some guys that are still holdouts, and you're really finding out on the power play uh, to, to see who can get away with that and still stick on a roster. The upper upper tier, the top stars can maybe get away with it. Certainly the average NFL player is not going to get away with that right now. And you bring up a good point. Would he be a good teammate if he's not playing? And maybe that's what New England realizes, too, that if we've made the decision to go with Mac Jones, is Cam Newton going to do the right things? Because remember, when they signed him on the eve of the season last year, they signed him right before July and training camp and brought him in, it was presumed he's going to be the starter, and he was the starter for the most part, uh, barring some games where uh, he was injured and had to be replaced or you know, poor play or whatever. He was the guy. Is, is he going to be a problem in the quarterback room and maybe with the media and wherever else? Now, he's not going to be with the media much if you're the backup, but if you're the backup, you don't want the distraction. And maybe that's what Belichick was looking at uh, as well. I can tell you uh, from having been around him the last couple of years in Carolina with the injuries, the injured shoulder, he has the foot problem that he had to overcome uh, two years ago that basically, I mean, he basically played the first two games of the season in 2019 and then didn't play the rest of the year because of the foot problem. You really wonder how much is he physically 
shot here and can't and can't be the type of quarterback that we remember in his heyday in Carolina, TC. No, I agree. I mean, he has not been the same guy. I mean, his last, you know, whatever you want to look at, his last 15, 16 games have not been good at all. And we see him short hopping throws, short throws. Uh, the long ball is, is non-existent anymore. So, no, he has not been uh, the same guy whatsoever. And that's why Carolina decided, hey, you know what, let's, let's part ways because we've seen the better uh, you know, of Cam Newton in the rearview mirror. And you know, New England got him because, okay, what are we going to do? Tom Brady's gone. Uh, we're, we're, we're not happy with the guys that we drafted uh, you know, in, in prior years. So he's the best option we have right now and was going to be a stopgap. And he's not going to be the future, even though that Belichick said, okay, right now he's going to be um, our, our starting quarterback because we need to see what Mac Jones has. And if Mac Jones had, had played just equally as good as Cam Newton in the practices, in the joint practices, in the preseason games, they were going to go with Mac Jones because they drafted him in the upper half of the first round. He's their guy. He's their future. And let's be honest, he fits better. Everything Mac Jones does, his style, fits more to what Tom Brady did before and what Bill Belichick likes. And again, you don't have the drama, and you got a guy that's 10 years younger. All of that is correct. You're right on the money, and I got to do three of Mac Jones's games a year ago for Alabama doing the national games with Compass Media and Tiki Barber uh, when they beat Georgia and they beat Mississippi State and then they beat Auburn in the Iron Bowl, and he was brilliant in all four of them. Now, again, you have to be careful because a lot of Alabama quarterbacks, whether you're going back before Tua, before Jalen Hurts, to the likes of A.J. McCarron, or, or even uh, Greg McElroy and those. There, there are guys that will look good in their offense because of superior talent. But Jones made quick decisions, accurate throws, exactly what you're talking about that New England wants out of their offense. And make no mistake, uh, that, that's what they have seen now in the offseason that leads them to believe he should be the starter. I think it's fascinating. I saw this just a few minutes ago before coming on with you. They've apparently released the veteran Brian Hoyer also. They've released two quarterbacks. And so that means Jared Stidham, who basically hasn't played, is the only other quarterback unless they bring Hoyer back. Or I'm again wondering in the grand conspiracy, is Newton coming back at a discounted price? Don't think there's much of a chance of that happening. Who else are they bringing that's an experienced quarterback unless they're bringing Hoyer back? And it did just occur to me, remember, Cam Newton tested positive, I think, for COVID-19 last year during the season. And remember, right on the eve of that game, they had to play, I think, with the Chiefs. Uh, Hoyer and Stidham were the two quarterbacks in that game, which they lost to in Kansas City. But Jared Stidham has basically not played. So are you really going to go into the New England season with Mac Jones and that guy as your backup and not much else? Fascinating for what uh, Belichick. Belichick needs to have a good year, a winning season, a playoff year, because we know the likelihood is the Bucks are going to have a really good year and if the Bucks are really good and the Patriots are really bad, it's going to ratchet up all the talk about who was really responsible for all that winning. And I'm surprised that they got rid of Hoyer. I mean, Hoyer was a veteran guy. He's had a couple stints with the Patriots and stood him out. And of maybe all- they bring him back, brother. Maybe they bring him back. But, we don't know for but, sure. But I don't know why they. Price. I don't know why they would get rid of him at this point in time. When again, he is the only veteran that you have. We saw a little bit of Stidham, you know, last year, uh, but. This guy really, you know, I mean, he's he's not ready. He's not ready at all. And Hoyer, that's the whole reason they brought him back. So uh, yeah, I find that a little bit crazy. And what's more crazy, you got uh, here we go. We got uh, another Alabama Auburn guys, uh, you know, in the quarterback room again. That's not good, <laughs> right? And you and got Jared rid of one Stidham. with Cam Newton, and then got Jared Stidham. So there you go. Everybody, everybody's wondering on that. But uh, look, uh, the, the Alabama people were saying this to me. Before I, before I worked one of the games, they said, hey, this kid has got poise, he's got accuracy, he's got things you would want. Now let's see when the bullets fly for real here, when you, when you really have blitzes coming at you unlike preseason, disguise coverage is unlike preseason, is he going to hold up? Sure, there's going to probably be some ups and downs, but I, you, they obviously are confident that he's going to be able to stand in there, get the ball to their weapons, and do what they have to do, or you're looking at a big, big disaster in New England without somebody else to go to, for sure. Well, certainly we're talking about a lot of quarterback situations, and we know there's battles in some places, and there's a lot of rookies, people wondering where they're going to get the start. I want to get your take on what goes on in another place right now where you would think that they had a named quarterback, but 
Who knows what's going to happen with him? And that's down in Houston, the other team down in Texas. What happens with the Texans? Does Deshaun Watson play for them this year? Does he play for anybody? Do they look at one of these quarterbacks that might become available? Because they need a lot of help, not just quarterback, but that's one of the spots. Very true. And again, we have I, I have not seen, you guys may see it right now, and I'm not around the computer, but the Texans have not released their official 53-person roster, which again, that can vary later in the week and before the first game weekend. Remember, we have an extra week because this always used to happen on the Monday, Tuesday, and then it was game week for the first week of the NFL. Not the case this year. There's a week in between for the Texans to figure it out. And the belief was they were trying to force or squeeze a trade, either to the Dolphins or somebody, to get what they could get. But, uh, again, if he's going to be on their 53-man active roster while he's in limbo here and not playing, that that just indicates to me they don't know what to do. They can't trade him. They're obviously not going to play him right now. They, they have a bad roster as it is. And they're going to have a bad season. Nobody can figure this out. I mean, it, I know the Houston media keeps saying they are waiting – for the Texans to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. That's the same thing that a couple of other players have gone on, including Adrian Peterson in the recent past, while an investigation is going on, a criminal investigation. So therefore, you don't count against the roster, but you're still paid your full salary. So it's not like you have to release them, but at the same time, they don't count against the actual roster. So everybody in Houston is wondering, isn't that what they're going to do with Deshaun Watson right now is put him on that list. And I don't remember if he has to stay on it a certain number of weeks, like six weeks or more, if they do that. But that that's, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Are they seriously going to leave him on the 53-man roster and just have him inactive and not playing every week yeah. with Deshaun Watson? I, wow. I highly doubt that. Yeah, he would not be on the active uh, you know, the roster. Uh, again, this guy hasn't even been in a training camp. They said, you know what? We don't need this circus. You go figure out your legal problems. The wor- and the, down the, the, point, the word is they're not even using him in reps in practice. Correct. With, yeah. Because they didn't want to get him hurt. Yeah. So that's even crazier well, to have him on the roster. It's not even that. They, don't, they didn't want him around. They t- said, just right. go away because, again, they don't want the – here we go again, going back to the media circus and the drama. A guy like Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton, you, you don't want that around you. And, again, I commend the Patriots for making that move because w- what's going to happen when Mac Jones struggles? Because he will struggle. You know, it might not be week one, might be week two. Then you're going to have that Cam Newton, you know, question questions hanging over your head every freaking press conference. So, yeah, uh, you don't need that. You move on. He's your future. And and you deal with it. T.J. Reeves joins us, part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers broadcast crew. Let's talk about what's happening with uh, your team there. It seems like it's been very, very quiet down there. No drama whatsoever. Uh, what has the mood and the atmosphere been at Bucks uh, headquarters? Well, Tampa Bay continues to roll on, and the, the first-team offense uh, did not play in Game 2 with the Titans. They didn't play the starters basically on either side of the ball against the Titans. So they came out against those lowly Texans last Saturday, and looked bad. They had a three and out with a penalty. Brady threw a ball behind the receiver. Everybody's going, oh, come on. What is this? Is this stale? Well, right after that, two consecutive drives, he went 10 for 10, hello, over those two drives. Uh, And just like my man uh, John Gruden, who I used to do the radio show with when he was here at Tampa, he would always say things like, 10 for 10 is tough to do against air, man. You know what I'm saying? 10 10 for 10 is tough. So he went 10 for 10 against live fire against the Texans for whatever it's worth. They had a 91-yard drive. They had a 93-yard drive. They scored both times. They got the starters out. So that got everybody back and feeling better about how the start of the regular season is going to go. And you're right. There hasn't been really any controversy here. Everybody's wondering, will they have some hangover effect from last year? I don't think Brady's going to let that happen. And now all eyes are pointing to raising the Super Bowl banner at Raymond James Stadium with the Dallas Cowboys a week from Thursday night. We're looking forward to that. All right, knock on wood with you're with me. No, or, or <laughs> knock for, on wood or, if you're with me on or, that. Or, or for Micah, in this case. I don't know. <laughs> and, and I guess the question is, will Cam Newton be on that Cowboy roster to watch that banner raise? <laughs> I don't know. I say minus 200 to the no. Yeah, I say no as well. Okay, there you go. All right. It, okay, the, the line just went to minus 350. There it is. If Dak Prescott cannot play, all right, the other quarterback is Cooper Rush, who played a couple of games a year ago. Just remember, Andy Dalton's long gone to Chicago, and I guess he may be the starter at the beginning of the year in Chicago. They don't have, they don't have anybody if, if Dak can't play, so it's not as 
stupid as we would think. Well, they got rid of Danucci. They got they got rid of Gilbert and Danucci, and and one of those guys is probably going to land on the practice squad. And, right and again, but yeah, Rush has been there for four years. So uh, and Jones likes him. So yeah, I mean, Dak. You never know. I mean, you you know, if we're watching Hard Knocks. It looked like he was able to, to to play a little bit, and they were being ultra conservative with him. But again, he's he's coming off a, a season of injury, so we'll have to see. Back to your Buccaneers. We know how difficult it is in sports, uh, sp- specifically in the NFL, to repeat. Uh, you know, especially, in, and we're being honest here. You weren't expected to win a championship last year. I know there were some high hopes, but based on you know preceding seasons, you guys weren't expected to do that. How cognizant is Bruce Arians that this you guys have now have a big target on the back there of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Cognizant, a very good word on a sports radio show. I applaud the doctor. Uh, I think he's very cognizant of it, and I think he has drilled it into them at this point that you can't you can't go into this season believing that you're automatically going to beat people. The the standing started zero zero. As cliche as that sounds, you got to go do the work, and especially early on in the year here, if you get your best shot from the Cowboys with Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and those guys fired up. Granted, Atlanta is going to be an easier second game. That's a first year coaching staff, and they're probably going to be a mess, especially having gotten rid of Julio Jones. Their defense is not very good. Okay, well the next two games are at Los Angeles. And the Rams were a playoff team and won a playoff game a year ago, and they now have Matt Stafford, and then the New England game. So you And you better be ready because you make a good point, and we keep saying this over and over again. You're everybody's Super Bowl now. You roll in as the visiting team with Tom Brady. It is like their Super Bowl coming to town, and that is not something this team has experienced, save for one other time 18 years ago where you're getting everybody's best shot. And that 2003 team with Mike Allstott, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, it's not that long ago that we can't remember those guys, they lost a couple of games at the beginning of that season and were never really viewed as the favorite any longer to repeat. This team is going to be viewed, this 2021 Buccaneer team, as the favorite. And so you better be ready to handle that and handle everybody complimenting you and tell you how great you are and blah, blah, blah. Uh, what is it, Nick Saban, back to Mac Jones. Nick Saban always calls it the rat poison from you guys in the media. You're giving us rat poison. You're doing nothing but telling them how great they are, complimenting them, and then they don't think they have to work. They don't have to put attention to detail. So I guess it's all on us, the media, that we're the rat poison, right, we, around the, uh, the teams that are supposed we to We remember all the hype with Brady last year on opening night, and we remember how that went down, right? So I'm just saying, I know you're raising a banner right. and all that sort of thing, but you know, opening night, if it's anything like it was last year, because, I mean, they were favoring that game against the Saints last year and got blasted. Well, keep in mind, I'm not making excuses, that's the first game with no preseason at all, and the Saints didn't have any preseason, and it was on the road at New Orleans. This is a totally different deal with how sharp they looked right. the other night. He's played in preseason games now, a year under their belt, in the system, and the Cowboys come here. So, uh, again, the Cowboys have a lot of different issues, and and one of them is their defense was not very good, and I'm being kind here. It was brutal at times. So they better be ready, or Tom Brady will carve them up just like he carved up the Houston Texans. We'll see. Well, and I know you said that the team's never been in a position where they're everybody's Super Bowl before. However, the most important person on that team has been in that position several times, and that is Brady. You're throwing Gronkowski in that. I think Tom Brady's going to know how to get this team ready. Yeah, for the other guys, it's going to be something new. But to the, but to Brady, this is just you know another day at the beach type of thing or something like that. I, I hear some people talking 17-0. and 0. I think that's a little ridiculous for people <laughs> to think that right off the bat. But with... New Orleans still trying to figure out who their quarterback is with them coming off the Super Bowl, and now Brady supposedly playing all last season hurt and healthier this year now. I mean, there's no reason for expectations not to be sky high. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And and by the way, I believe I do have breaking news for you here because we were – there we go. I'm Chuck right on it as always. We were out there together at the end of June, and remember I told you that your guys at the Cosmopolitan, I heard you do the promo that you're going to be there Friday, the guys at the Cosmopolitan had been approached by somebody wanting to bet the Buccaneers going 17-0, and and there was no line for that at the uh, William Hill Sportsbook, or at least out in Vegas. I do have a friend of mine who had a Philadelphia uh, casino sportsbook in Pennsylvania where gambling is legal, 
He got the Buccaneers at plus 4,000, hello, to go 17-0. and 0. Interesting on those odds. And, again, I, I think that's a real stretch to win them all. Very, very, very unlikely that you do that, but interesting that somebody had the odds at plus 4,000 for the 17-0 and 0 thing. Uh, actually, the line that I saw on that was uh, 3,300. It was a 33 to 1. Yeah, it was pl- plus yeah, 3,300 there. So Interesting. Yeah, yeah that, that's the number that's out there. And again, that's. He that, got that's it. He crazy. got it and put a smooth five grand on it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm sorry, smooth 500. I'm sorry, smooth 500 on it to win the 20 grand. So let's see. Mm-hmm. Let's Always see. shop around for those future odds. There you go. Well, yeah, and, and obviously you're on the ultimate high wire there. One bad night, and the Bucks had several bad nights last year. One bad game, one bad night, and that one's over with. But it's fun for conversation this time of the year, for sure. Well, uh, a lot of coaches are taking questions. Speaking of conversation, and uh, Ron Rivera with the Washington football team was asked if Cam Newton popped up on their radar after he was released <laughs> from the Patriots, and and Ron Rivera said it did pop up on our radar, but just so you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is our starting quarterback. There it is. My question to you two, we have more breaking news, just to give Dumbchuck the, uh, the, the opportunity. More breaking news on a terrible Tuesday. Can either one of you get to Detroit and kick for Dan Campbell? Are you aware, Doctor, of what has happened with the Lions, apparently, and their 53? They have cut the veterans, Randy Bullock and Zane Gonzalez. They have cut both kickers that kicked the whole camp in the preseason. We're starting over with tryouts. Is the doctor there to kick for the Lions? Uh, The doctor can uh, drill it uh, from about 45 inside. Great uh, uh, soccer-style form. No no question about it. There it is. Frank, this Uh, is verifiable now that the doctor can make from 45. I have not seen this. Frank, can we verify this? I have not seen this, and I saw his moves on the dance floor, so it's possible, but I'm not sure that he has the same range that he used to. I don't know when the last time he kicked was. As far as myself, my kicking days are long gone. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, he emulates, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, what, uh, what Fred Co- or Don Cockroft or Fre- Fred Cox. That's you know the straight on kicker back in the day. Oh, you got to go like Lou the Tone Groza before yeah. you mention those names. No. You got to go old school with the straight on kicker. Well, Mark Mosley of the Redskins, right, was the straight on nice. kicker in the MVP of the league. I was trying yeah. to give guys that uh, you were in my life. Maybe I could use the special shoe and go Tom Dempsey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but actually, I did used to actually kick soccer sale back when I did kick. Uh, yeah. Dan Campbell is getting roasted again every which direction, and who knows how many lions well, hold teams on, are going to come down to field goals, but they got no we've, kicker. The, we've seen this happen before. This is not really breaking news. We have seen teams that will go ahead and, and get rid of kickers that kick with them all preseason because they're not happy with them, and they feel, hey, we can sign a kicker anywhere. They're like a dime a dozen. We've seen guys that get scooped up the day before a game before they come in and they kick two or three field goals. Who was the guy for the Falcons years ago on a Monday Night Football game that said he was bartending? like the weekend right. before or whatever. So right. you never know where kickers might come <laughs> Wait, from. Well, hold on. Breaking news. Hold on. I think Ali Hashishik has become available. <laughs> there you go. And, and hold on. Your boy, Martin Gramatica. He just Martin called in. Martin Gramatica. Your guy. Gramatica might come out of retirement. Very nice. That's your guy, right? You got a little history with him. Hey, anybody's better than Cody Parkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Martine, by the way, Super Bowl champion with the O2 Buccaneers, making all the field goals, including in that Super Bowl with the Raiders. But Martine will be the first one to tell you it is a young man's game, and unfortunately he has to admit he's not as young a man as he used to be anymore. Well, listen, I'll take Chester Markle out of all of them, and you can have a beer with him, after- have a beer with him afterwards. <laughs> I-, I just want to see Garo Upremian and have a bad snap on it because oh, I want to see him pass God. again. <laughs> that is uh, that is too good, too good. And, and let me leave you with this: if you go back in draft history and look at the teams taking kickers in the top ten, and remember the Raiders took Sebastian Janikowski in the first round too, and that worked out. He was a great kicker. But like there was a year that the the Saints took Russell Erksleben, a kicker yes. punter from the University of Texas, and they took him like in the top five. Yes, terrible. Yes. Terrible doctor. So on a terrible Tuesday, yeah. there's some bad history on taking kickers in the in the top of the draft. I will say, I, I believe this is the first time in probably the last three seasons that we have not talked about Antonio Brown at this 
time of year, a week or two before the season. We talked about him, you know, with the Raiders when he came here uh, uh, via the hot air balloon. Uh, T.J. Reeves, he landed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you guys, and you were trying to track him down, uh, bad feet and all, you know, to do interviews. And you didn't say anything about Antonio Brown. What's he doing there? Is he behaving himself? Low profile right now, which is good. Low profile on the short leash for Antonio Brown because he fully understands there is no uh, third or fourth chance, whatever he's on at this point. Zero tolerance. So he's behaved, and he had a couple of catches in the game with the Texans last week. Had a little off-season knee surgery, but right now he's doing all of the right things. And I think you got to give Tom Brady a little credit. In all seriousness, Brady stood up for this guy figuratively, but Brady has also been helping him with some of his counseling and some of his other stuff, getting him help. Brady, Brady has really taken this guy in in the, uh, in the figurative sense. He even took him in in a literal sense. They had him in the compound in the house, the Jeter house that they were renting. He had Antonio Brown staying with him for a few weeks uh, last year, that's not the case any longer. But yeah, so far, low under the radar. How long will it last? That's up to Antonio Brown. But he's got a chance to potentially be part of something special here for a second straight year if he can hang in there. Well, and while the whole country might ask the question, what has Brown done for you lately down in Tampa? It's helped him win a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Frank is just once again taking the victory laps. Okay, I know you're. Yes. I know you're dying to uh, get to your dinner. Probably having some form of pasta tonight there at the uh, Reeves household. Spaghetti uh, and meatballs on the table as we speak, and probably being consumed as we continue yeah. on on a terrible Tuesday. But keep hitting me, doctor. Uh, hitting me. I want to go. I want to go stones throw down from you guys there, and go to Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence getting the nod. Uh, what's the What's the vibe there in Florida about Jacksonville? I'm glad you didn't say that was breaking news because I think even my twins knew that. He was going to get the nod of course. and play. There's no expectation there. The the amazing thing, what is it currently? Are the Jaguars still the favorite on the road with Houston week one? That is amazing, and that will probably be the only yeah. time they are favored the whole year because that that roster, not very good, not a lot of explosiveness. I don't think there's much expectation at all that they're going to be anything more than a couple of wins, two or three wins, even in the 17-game schedule i mean they lost 15 games a year ago change coaching staff not not much in terms of of speed at the receivers uh you know they lose travis Etienne, the running back from clemson with a foot injury in the preseason and he is on ir and done for the year so uh, trevor lawrence is going to lose more games before halloween than he did his entire clemson career just get ready for it i'm, I'm saying it right here on the tc martin show globally on the tc martin show Trevor Lawrence will lose more football games this year than maybe he has in his entire high school and college career coming up. All right, uh, we'll part you with this. We actually mentioned this yesterday on the program that you're not aware of, but uh, the T.C. Martin Show in full effect on Compass Radio, the college football season. T.J. Reeves does a fantastic job doing a lot of those games, a lot of SEC games, and his tag team partner this year, will be none other than Steve Berline, our man. Look at that. We are breaking the, some news. The tag team. We are breaking some news. The As tag it team. Look at that. As it stands, God willing, we're all day-to-day right now in these COVID-19 times that Mr. Berline and I are slated to be together. Superpowers like the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan coming together. I know that's Nunchuck's song right there. The superpowers coming together. Reeves and Berline for Iowa, Iowa State coming on September the 11th, the 20th anniversary of September 11th, uh, and the remembrances of all of that will be in Ames, Iowa, for preseason top 10 Iowa State and their rivalry game with the Iowa Hawkeyes. So looking forward to that on Compass Media Networks uh, coming up. And, it, and Steve has been with Compass doing college and NFL football uh, periodically through the last few years on a regular basis. So I'm looking forward to working with him. That's your guy. That's Berline. I'm looking forward to it. That's it. We're well represented. There I, we go. I just want to know if Berline's going to have a number seven on his blazer. That's right. <laughs> he might. <laughs> no one's number seven except Steve Berline. All right, brother. We'll let you go back. And we'll let you have the spaghetti, the meatballs. And don't forget, tell those twins they need their vitamins, brother. That's what you got to do. <laughs> as the pythons run wild on you.
I leave you with this. Tom Brady's new residence over in Bel Air near Clearwater, Florida, on the same street with the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan. Of course. On that note, have a terrible Tuesday. Great evening. Always good to be with you in Vegas. And don't forget, extra bolognese, my friend. Extra bolognese. I'm lucky if any of it's left. You guys be well. <laughs> Thanks. TJ Reeves joined us. The Buccaneers sideline reporter, and we will talk to T.J. Reeves live from Raymond James Stadium a week from Thursday as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be in action, kicking off the NFL season. We saw his wife and those twins at the Cosmopolitan. Yeah, I don't think they eat all that much. Now, this can be deceiving. It's true. I think there's something left. That's true. That's true. I mean, they might chow down and take a doggy bag from the drive-thru, but probably something less. Speaking of the last thing that you just said, the last sentence. The doggy bag? That's right. A little terrible Tuesday take from that. Coming up next. Hello, I'm Stephanie. I'm from Germany. Yippee-yay-yo, Schweinebacke. When I'm in America, I'm listening to T.C. Martin Show. Friday at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. We invite you to come on by and see the show live. Back in the swing of things there. Love being there for a football season and basketball season. So a little hiatus during the summer like we always take. But we are back at the Cosmopolitan on Fridays. Come enjoy not only the show but the sports book at William Hill. And again, your opportunity to sign up for the contest this year. William Hill has the big college football pick'em contest and also the pro pick'em contest as well, too. A million dollars guaranteed with that. Plus, they also have the regular contest with the, only the $25 uh, entry fees. The pro and the college ones have the $1,000 entry fees. So uh, going to be a lot of cash on the table. And we'll be handicapping games, of course, our best bet segment. Uh, that will return in two weeks when the NFL kicks off week one. We give you our best uh, three college games, three best NFL games. Always fun with that. And uh, once again, be participating in our Opportunity Village contest as well, too, this year. Always fun uh, doing that for charity. And you can uh, sign up for that uh, as well, too. Go to uh, opportunityvillage.com uh, for that and uh, check it all out. But, uh, yes, football season is upon us, and that means busy time. means we're back on the road and having a great time uh, handicapping some football, talking football, a lot of great guests, and eating a lot of good food. But before you get back to the Cosmopolitan, yes, you'll be heading back to the Michelob Ultralight Arena mm. because the Aces, who haven't been home for a while, bring the second-best record into the league as they try to end on a strong note, get that home court advantage, and get the best record in the league. And uh, they have the Chicago Sky coming up, what, three of the next four games or something? And I believe Chicago's playing tonight. Yes, and uh, yeah, Chicago came off two big victories on the road at Seattle, which has helped the Aces because Seattle you know, had the best record. Yeah. Chicago's they, been up and down this year. Yeah, well, they're up now. I mean, they've been on fire. Are it's they like, sky high? They are sky high. Very very <laughs> good. Yes, and uh, so the Aces have not played the Sky all year. It's weird scheduling, and you're right, three of the next four games against the Sky, and uh, you've got uh, Minnesota Lynx who are on fire as well too. So the Aces actually have the toughest schedule of uh, these teams that are battling for playoff spots. But the Aces have already clinched a playoff spot. Like you said, they want to get that number one seed. Connecticut has it right now. If they end up tied, Connecticut does have the tiebreaker. So uh, if you're Bill Lambier, if you're the Aces, you want the one or the two seed. Nothing wrong with the two seed. Uh, that will only affect you, you know, not having home court advantage in the championship if Connecticut makes it that far. But having those top two seeds gets you the double bye. And that's... Uh, but they had last year, and they want to have that again. But, hey, I'm telling you, the Chicago Sky and some of these other teams have done the Aces a big favor knocking off the Seattle Storm because we always talk about, we just talked about with T.J. Reeves with the Buccaneers, it is so hard to repeat in any sport. And the Seattle Storm with Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird and, um, you know, the great the roster that they have there, they they got the targets on their back. Jewel Lloyd, uh it's amazing, and uh, they're getting knocked off right now, and, and the Aces have a legit shot of, of getting at least the number two seed. 
Yeah, and obviously, too, uh, some of the teams getting healthier at this time of the year, too, and that's a big thing going into the playoffs. I know isn't uh, Della Don is back in, yes, with her for team, Washington, and, yep. and she's playing well and yep. took her a while to get back readjusted. But every time I see Connecticut, all I think of is like, why do women from Connecticut play such great basketball? Yeah. <laughs> And that team is scary because they got great size and they got great length. They they own the boards against the the aces. Yeah. So would you say I know Seattle beat them last year, but is Connecticut the toughest matchup for them that you see, or is it Seattle or is it somebody else? It is definitely Connecticut because of the the length problems. Uh, Asia Wilson's no secret that she's had three subpar games. Yeah, against She has them. struggled against. She's for struggled. sure, yeah. and, and they also concentrate on Ding up against her too. Yep. It seems like their game plan is do not let Asia beat us. Yep, that's true. And Asia had two 14-point games in the first two games, but she only had four points in that last game, and it broke her streak of 55 consecutive. You know, games where she scored double figures. And then, of course, she came out with a vengeance against Atlanta and, and Indiana. And the Aces got those two road wins after Connecticut. But, yeah, Connecticut is a very tough matchup. Chicago Sky is could probably have the best guards in the WNBA in Vandersloot uh, and Quigley. Uh, they are fantastic. And uh, Kelsey Plum's teammate that you saw in the three-on-three, Stephanie Dolson, down low. Yeah, she, who, she, she's her big imposing fan. And in yeah. the three-on-three, she just dominated yeah, that play. she did. She did. But uh, Chicago started off very slow, like you said, but now they're on fire. And they beat the Seattle Storm by 32 points on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, Ace is back in action Thursday night. Tickets are available. You can buy tickets. So get back to the house. Uh, let's pack the place. Tip-off 7 o'clock against the Chicago Sky is going to be a fantastic game. Definitely a playoff preview. And if you want to remember, a little jogging memory here, uh, the Aces beat the Chicago Sky at the game in the first round of the playoffs a couple years ago when Dierka Hamby hit the half-court shot at the Thomas & Mack Center. They couldn't play at Mandalay Bay because they had a a concert going that night. And uh, the Hamby heave, as we call it. Um, Now, be honest. When you saw her throw that up, in your mind, were you thinking you got a wide open person under the net? And because there was still time on the clock. And when she first threw it up, I know some people thought, no, it's too soon. You have, oh, it went in. Great play. Six seconds ago, Kayla McBride was there. And, and Dierka just had the look on her face like she had no idea it was on the clock. Still picture where she was on that Thomas and Mac floor, where I was sitting. It was directly across the other side in that corner. And, you know, Bill Lambeer has the players shoot half-court shots. That's the last thing that they, they do at the end of practices, especially on, on the game day on shoot-arounds. And he gives them $100 if, everybody, if anybody hits it. And if more than one player, you know, nails a shot, then they get to split the $100, or they can do a shootout amongst them. It just depends on what the players want to do. But he puts a $100 bill on the ground and says, okay, shoot it out. And, and it's a one-and-done thing. It's, it's like one you don't done. get like the best out of three or something like one, you, you one get the shot. So here's where I'm going with this story. So they practice, believe it or not, the half-court shot. Oh, I believe but, I used to but, practice it all the time. But here's the thing. Everybody takes this, the half-court shot from the center circle. Well, for sure. No one thinks about taking it from an angle or a side because in a game situation, 3-2-1, you're dribbling. And when Dierica got that, she was nearly out of bounds. As a matter oh, of yeah. fact... She was the, straddling the... Yeah. yeah. She, was, she was doing the tightrope. The Chicago Sky coach was saying, oh, she's out of bounds. She stepped out of bounds. And she launched it, and, and she nailed it. And it was And you couldn't speak for three days. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was great. That was great. But, uh, yeah, Thursday night. So 7 o'clock is tip-off against the Sky. It's going to be a great game. 6.30 pregame. Uh, listen uh, down the dial, ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM on that. And uh, we look forward. Come on out. And you should come to the game Thursday night. Will you, you have a Chicago dog before the Chicago game, or is that just bad form? Wow. I'm going to have to put that to a vote. I don't know what you guys think about that. Are, are you into superstitions? You know, Am I going to jinx it? You know, I never was. But I usually do. Well, I, I used to think that I wasn't, but I am. Well, if you usually do and they win more often than not, then I think but they're playing Chicago with it. Right. But you could say they're going to eat Chicago up. Okay. But it's <laughs> you, you, you that can, is my routine. You can spin it however you want On to. On my way to the arena, I stop by Freddy's, and there it is. I mean, I was yeah. just thinking that. Because yeah. I remember when, when, the, uh, when the Gladiators used to be here, the old uh, indoor football team, right. the arena football right. team. When they played the Chicago Rush, because they were named after Rush Street in a game one year, I went to the game, and I was covering as the media, and I didn't even think about it. I kind of subconsciously, I guess, 
put on my Brian Urlacher jersey and took it to the game, and everybody's like, "Why are you wearing a Bears thing?" And I'm when they're playing Chicago, and I'm like, "I just knew it was a football game." Yeah. And I, just, I mean, I, I honestly didn't yeah. even think about it. Right. But it was like, but everybody thought I was back on the Chicago team, which in hindsight, I'm not totally upset that I did. But at the same, I wouldn't have worn it if I would have thought. But it's it's football, you know. I'm a Pavlov's dog. Football, Ugh, Bears jersey, right? Automatic. <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. All right, uh, I do have another terrible Tuesday uh, you know, take here that we didn't get a chance to get to. So I said I'm going to save this one uh, you know, towards the end. All right, so as we know, Major League Baseball has the dog days of summer. And yes. It's, and it's been that way. You know, When you get to August, you get to September. You used to hear that term in Chicago all the time. When the oh, Cubs yeah, that was the reason it. that they always lost, because they played too many home games and it was hot. And again, that's why they went to the lights at Wrigley Field, because too many day games, right? Well, you know, literally, Major League Baseball definitely now does have the dog days of summer, they have dog days at the park, like bark in the park, where you actually bring your dog. Oh, the aviators to the do park. It. Oh, yeah. This you know this has been going on for quite some time, but now everybody is involved, and they have cute little names like you know bark at the park, or here's my favorite, but really not my favorite because it's one of my all time favorite movies is Dog Day Afternoon. You know, with Al Pacino, uh, except a lot of these stadiums and these teams will do dog day afternoon at a night game. So, of course, I have a problem with that. Well, then they should have three-dog night. All right. Very, very nice. <laughs> but, but, but then again, you only usually bring one dog. Anyway. All right. So here is my problem with this. When did this become acceptable to bring dogs to a park? Well, I know when it did because I'll go back into the history. But I do not want any dogs at a baseball game that I'm attending. When I find out that it's dog day, I'm not going that day. I know you're stuck in your certain ways and your certain things. This is one for me. Yes, I'm a seat snob. Yes, I could be a food snob, but I'm a dog snob. I like dogs. Don't get me wrong. Dog's best friend. I like dogs. But I don't want to see dogs at a ball game that I'm attending because I don't know these dogs. I don't know where they've been. I don't know what their behavior's like. So I don't want to be there. I don't want to see dogs shedding. I, where does a dog go to the bathroom? Where does a dog go pee? Where does he do his other business at? Okay? There aren't doggy restrooms. Okay? There's no specific doggy restrooms. It's more than likely going to be on the side of a seat. Or it's going to be on the side of a wall. It's going to be somewhere else. I am not down with this. All right? I don't want to go to my seat and see a dog licking himself, licking his own gonads. I don't want a dog sniffing at my hot dog. I don't want that whatsoever. So why does this continue to happen? Because it never happened before until going back the last you know 20 years. And do you know where it started, my friend? Do you know who started this whole madness? I know the White Sox were one of the first ones. Oh, ring it up. 1996, your boy Bill Veck. Yeah, because I know Bill Veck. Comiskey. Yeah, I remember Bill Veck. Bill Veck used to pride himself on all sorts of crazy stuff. And I do believe that most of the parks, when they have their dog day afternoons and that sort of stuff, it's in a certain section, so it's not like they're walking all over the park. They're everywhere. But but no, they are everywhere. (laughs) But you know what? You said that this never happened before. We never had dogs in shopping stores before either. In supermarkets, don't get me going you know, with that. Petco was the was the one place. Oh, bring your pet in here. Now they're everywhere. Uh, somebody, a lady, opens up their purse to get their change out or their credit card, and all of a sudden you see something pop out and start yapping at you. They're everywhere. Dogs are everywhere now, and and sometimes they're not even on a leash. I saw Ugga the bull. I thought it was Ugga the bulldog. You know Ugga. From Georgia, right? How about them dogs? I saw this snot mouth nose dog in one of the grocery stores and th- with these two ladies, using the term loosely, and this dog is panting and snotting and saliva all over the place, licking the cracker row. Licking the cracker row. And like, are you kidding me? Is anybody monitoring this stuff? Again, prefaces. I love dogs. I love a good dog. Don't get me wrong. But there's a time and a place for dogs. Not in a grocery store, not in a restaurant, and not at a ball game, at a ballpark, okay? I don't want to hear a dog barking at a ball game. I don't want to see these, like I said, dogs sniffing this, I don't want to see it anywhere. And it doesn't stop at dogs. Do you know what was at a San Francisco Giants game earlier this year? Cat day? Close, my friend. A lady brought a rabbit to the Giants game. 
And when questioned, they didn't kick her out of the park. You know what she said? She goes, this is my therapy bunny. And she brought out like a, some, some document or something like that. Because, you know, more and more people are saying, this is my companion dog. Or it's, you know. It's, oh, I've uh, heard about people the, on airplanes yeah. bringing goats. Oh, oh, yeah. One person oh, yeah. got kicked off an airplane for having yeah. an alligator. When does it stop? Exactly. That's it, my it point. stopped at that stuff. Some yeah. airlines have said no, no. Yeah. Like, service dogs and that. And that's the other thing. Everybody, cla- oh, it's my therapy dog or my service dog. If they're not trained right, they're not a therapy dog right. or a service dog. A buddy of mine was having dinner at the Bellagio a few weeks ago. The Bellagio. Guy was walking around with a German Shepherd right in the middle of their dinner. He said the dog stopped, did his business, and they just walked right out with a big pile of the dogs did his business in the Bellagio. Right in the Bellagio. Thank you very much. And then they just walked along there and he's go. like, Yeah, that really helped their appetite <laughs> yeah. at a five star restaurant where I'm paying like, you know, two hundred and fifty bucks or whatever for two people. Yeah. So yeah, he was not pleased. He called them over and they were like, Well, what are we supposed to do? We can't kick it. Yeah, tell them, yes, you can yes. kick them out. Yes. If it's if a dog takes a dump in the middle of the casino, it is not a trained service dog. And back to my ballpark situation. You're going to, it's not like they limit, hey, you know, it's not like a giveaway or promotion, right? Hey, the first hundred dogs get to come in. No, if there's thirty or 40,000 in that game and 30,000 people want to bring their dog, you're going to have that many dogs. And they're not restricted to certain areas. And again, if they're sitting up in the upper deck in a certain section, no, they're walking them all over the place. Oh, for sure. No, and a on. lot of them are marking their territory, like you said. Yes. Let's be honest. Come on. You like your dog on a poppy seed bun, and it's all beef. Mm. <laughs> 100% all beef. There you go, my friend. Chicago. <laughs> now I can't wait for Thursday to go have my Chicago dog before the, <laughs> before the Chicago game. There you go. Appreciate TJ Reeves from Tampa Bay joining us. Plenty of Terrible Tuesday stuff. Like I said, hit us on Twitter if you got some. Always like hearing your Terrible Tuesday thoughts. As well at TC Martin 21 on Twitter. Follow us there and VGK Frank as well. All right. Uh, tomorrow we're going to visit with the new, or I say interim athletic director, Eric Harper from UNLV. So he's going to join us tomorrow. We'll talk to him about that. And again, UNLV opening the season at Allegiant Stadium on Thursday night against Eastern Washington. So we'll get his thoughts on that. Plus a whole lot more coming your way this week. And back at the Cosmopolitan on Friday. All right. For Ballpark Frank, T.C. Martin saying so long. Numchuck as well, too. You miss any part of the show. Go to the website. Check it all out. Our interview with Trevor Match from yesterday will be up on the website there as well, too. Check it out. And if you missed our Friday show with our Music Fest, go check that out under the podcast section from last Friday. Your other favorite dog is the one that covers when you bet on it. Yeah. Barking loud, my friend. There it is. We'll catch you in manana, 2 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs>